0: What if it rained food? What if earth was a few? What if we had nine lives?
1: What if it could fly? It's absurd. If money grew on trees, if we didn't have bees, if we walked through lives slightly magnetical, it's
2: absurd. Absurd Hypotheticals. Hello everybody and welcome to Absurd Hypotheticals, the show where we overthink dumb questions so you don't have to. I'm your host, Marcus Lehner, and I'm joined here today by Chris Yee and Ben Storms. Say hi, guys.
1: Hey, I'm Chris. Hey, I'm Ben.
2: Guys, we're in it for another fight today. Are you ready to rumble?
1: I am ready to
0: rumble. I am, I am predisposed to rumbling.
2: That's good. That's what I like to hear. So our fight today is going to be which action figure would win in a fight. So we've each selected a very popular action figure, and we'll have him duke, duke it out. I guess one point of clarification: it's the character that the action figure is based on that's the fighter, not the actual fighter. Because otherwise, I guess we would just be checking out Jimmy how
1: things of plastic into each other. <laughs> yeah, how
2: durable the plastic they were made
1: out of was. <laughs> it would basically be
0: yeah this this podcast if we were like six years old, effectively.
2: <laughs> yeah. And it, so we're, 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 it's it's based on the characters, and I think it'll take some explaining for our first fighter here because Ben, who did you tell us who you did? So I chose Stretch Armstrong,
0: by which I mean. We picked the obvious ones, and then we had to find another one, and we found Stretch Armstrong. <laughs> stretch Armstrong, if you aren't familiar, is a is a toy, uh, first released in 1976 by Hasbro. He's basically this, a dude, and basically just like a, a Speedo, and he's very stretchy, is kind of the idea. He's like a big muscley dude, but you can like stretch him out, and he doesn't break, and he can stretch out. He's like about a foot tall to start, which, by the way, is bigger than I thought. He's a foot tall? Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> stretch oh, Armstrong big. is big, Yeah. And he can stretch out to about four feet if you like hold him with two people and like, you know, really yank him. And you can stretch his arms out individually, things like that, all that sort of stuff. So big old stretchy, stretchy dude. I was really amused. I was looking up to try to figure out like various things about Stretch Armstrong. I just want to share it very quickly. I found some Amazon reviews. And one really fun thing is you know how sometimes on Amazon reviews they let you rate particular aspects of the product? Um, Yes, no, maybe. Well, they did. Yes, yes, I'm 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 (laughs) aware. I thought it was rhetorical. (laughs) Oh, well, okay. I guess it probably was. Anyway, they let them do that for Stretch Armstrong. So I know that, at least according to Amazon reviewers, he has a 4.8 in stretch, which makes sense, a 4.1 in thickness, which I guess is fair, a 3.9 in value for money, which, I mean, seems a little harsh, a 3.7 in durability, which, I mean, from what I've seen, seems very low. And then a 3.3 in warmth, which, I mean, I guess, I don't know. I guess that's fair. He doesn't seem particularly warm.
2: Like emotional warmth? I don't like,
0: <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Maybe it's, you know. How does
1: he have any warmth? It's Why a very good that question.
2: That's
0: a, <laughs> a very good question. So unlike our, our other still to come fighters, there wasn't like a, a, uh, originally a TV show or anything associated with Stretch Armstrong. He uh, was kind of just a toy. Um, there were a few attempts in like the the '90s to make a movie, including one where they apparently plan on casting Dane Devito, which does not really track with the way Stretch Armstrong works. <laughs> <laughs> that would
1: have been awesome. I would watch that.
0: A- apparently, he wouldn't he wouldn't agree to do it because <laughs> if it had any jokes about him being short in it, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, it's the whole thing. But uh, the only like media product around it, there was uh, in 2017 they made a Netflix cartoon called Stretch Armstrong and the Flex Fighters. I watched the first episode, not going to lie, it's real bad, guys. Aww. (laughs) It unironically used the line, the city of the future today, and that was just, it kind of went downhill from there. And the idea is that there's this teenager named Jake Armstrong who goes to this fancy school uh, in this futuristic city, um, and he was working on a paper for his botany class, which is a class they had for some reason with a couple of friends, and they took a break to go do some parkour. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and crash into a vat of flexarium which gave them superpowers so there's jake who is now stretch whose power is being stretchy that's about it uh there's nathan who's wingspan who basically just has an integrated like wingsuit and that's kind of his whole power i think like he really got kind of a like like a short straw here he can't even actually fly he just glides. i don't know anyway is it is it is it
2: what is the skin flaps is it it's, is it skin flaps
0: it's basically his body from the neck down just flattens out into like a sheet.
1: Okay, that's better than just... It doesn't just like skin flap flaps. out. Yeah, no. Is, is it like the flying snake that we covered in a previous episode? Or it's more like Mark a flying squirrel, actually. Cage.
0: Oh, okay. More like a flying squirrel, I would say. And there's Ricardo, who is omnimass, who can change his size and mass, and looks like really the only one who's actually any, you know, usefulness. I guess the stretchiness can be, but I watched the first episode. It was not very good. Randomly, Keith David was in it. I don't know why. Well,
2: hey, if you got him pulled. Yeah, who knows?
0: <laughs> but yeah, so so I didn't take too much from that, but I guess the fighting style he used there was kind of, he would like, you know, grab onto poles and like fling himself at stuff. And like when the big monster, if I tried to punch him, he would like stretch it back and then like wrap the arm around to punch it back himself back in the face and things like that. But that was kind of it. I really got from there. Most of my research, instead of looking at that, was looking at the many, many YouTube videos of people doing horrible, horrible things to Stretch Armstrong (laughs) and sort of keeping track of what he did and did not survive. So let's go through the list. Things he survived first, uh, being microwaved, uh, being placed in a vacuum chamber. He did inflate like a balloon, uh, but he maintained structural integrity throughout and then did deflate back to a slightly more rubbery version of himself, but still himself.
2: A slightly more rubbery version of his rubberness.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah, he was a little floppier, but still, still generally intact. Some gunshots. He stopped a both a, a twenty-two and a forty-five caliber uh, handgun rounds. A single Stretch Armstrong doll, which is kind of insane. He stopped a sixty-pound draw compound bow with a steel tip arrow. Ooh, wow. He uh, was placed on a bed of nails and had a car driven over him, and he survived that. He was pressed in by a 175-ton hydraulic press. He was submerged in liquid nitrogen and then smashed against the ground just like by his feet, then hit with a barbed-wired baseball bat, and then hit with a sledgehammer. And that was all okay.
1: Are these all the same person? no these were different videos i watched a lot okay. of videos <laughs> i didn't know there's like one youtube channel is it like dedicated to this no there were definitely a couple that
0: went in pretty deep on stretch armstrong torture but uh those were all for the most part different ones
2: do you think you're going to keep clicking on the stretch armstrong videos that pop up in your recommended videos after this episode oh after
0: the first one i immediately went incognito mode so i didn't blow up my recommendations <laughs> for three months because i have done that before <laughs> I, I had enough recommendations for cereal commercials to know the you know, not make that mistake again.
1: I didn't do that for this yep. one.
2: <laughs> yep. You're gonna, you'll deal with the consequences. No, I didn't either. Which is actually a problem because <laughs> yeah. very to- popular toy bread with lots of advertising dollars. <laughs> Things he
0: sort of survived. Uh, he had a firework attached to each limb facing hours and set off at the same time. He was somewhat scorched in the middle, but his limb stayed intact. That was pretty impressive. Uh, See, so he survived going through a meat grinder. Uh, his legs went in first and got a little chewed up, but then they clogged the meat grinder and he was still stretchy afterwards. And then things he didn't survive. Being chainsawed, not good. Uh, being run over by a train, not good. Being put through a 60,000 PSI water jet, went straight through him and actually left them. they were able to just remove the outer like skin layer and just had a like perfect half, just the stretchy inside part. Um, which, by the way, I didn't mention is basically just uh, corn syrup. <laughs> It's gelled corn syrup. Apparently it tastes kind of like taffy. Wait, tastes? Yes. Yeah. Apparently it's kind of a problem that kids would eat the inside of Stretch Armstrong because it tasted like taffy.
1: Do they still do that?
0: Yep. Still, it's still, still corn syrup that has been gelled. Yep. Uh, also did not survive uh, being placed in a waffle iron. Did not survive being deep fried. As far as I can tell in that one, the cornstarch inside him boiled and then he burst. Uh, that one was a lot of fun. <laughs> in a lot of oh, oil. No. Hot oil. Yeah. Uh, Did not survive having molten metal poured on him, not survive being placed on top of 10,000 matches, which were then ignited (laughs) and did not survive having a 1,000 degree metal ball placed on him.
1: He does sound warm.
0: Uh, He is apparently, warmth is apparently his big, uh,
1: his big weakness, weakness, really. (laughs) Yeah. That's a rating for his, the durability of his warmth.
0: (laughs) Yes. The durability overall was fine. Against warmth, not great. (laughs) One interesting thing I did see, uh, because, you know, this is all looking at just a single one foot tall stretch Armstrong, if we're scaling him up to human size, like we're going to for this fight, you know, he's going to be considerably thicker than the the regular stretch Armstrong. And I was kind of wondering what that would do for his survivability. And there was actually someone, there's a YouTube ch- channel called Kentucky Ballistics, which is a guy who shoots stuff basically. And he did a lot of, of things where he was shooting stretch Armstrongs with various, various things. And one thing he did was was take the inner group of nine Stretch Armstrongs and put them into three separate gallon Ziploc bags and flatten them out. And then basically made three plates of Stretch Armstrong body armor that he put together into like like you know a layered plating. And those three sheets stopped a nine millimeter 45 caliber handgun, a 357 magnum, and a 556 assault rifle bullet without going all the way through to what they had behind it. It did not stop a 308 rifle round, which is like a you know much heavier-duty, like, hunting rifle round. But against most small-arms fire, I believe our full-size stretch armstrong is going to be relatively impervious. Huh. Which is a little surprising, but, you know,
1: useful. See, when, before when you said that it was stopping bullets, I was picturing someone just, like, strapping a bunch of stretch armstrongs to them for body armor. This sounds like a better way to do it. <laughs> this is a much better way to do it, yeah. <laughs> so, surprisingly resilient. I will also
0: say that when he does get like cut by things, the the stuff inside doesn't ooze out. It's very it's a very cohesive gel because it, you know, it's designed to move back to its original shape. So, he kind of has to be like severed to really stop him, I think. So, he's going to be kind of hard to put down. The big problem is that I don't really know what he's going to do particularly well offensively. <laughs> he is kind of a burly man. He can stretch himself and I guess fling himself at things and survive the impact pretty well. But he has limited, you know, that's kind of all he does. He's kind of just a big fleshy dude full of hydrogenated corn syrup that's turned into gel. He can probably like
1: slingshot things. He can slingshot
0: things. That's, you know, that's, that's, but that's kind of it. So there's definitely limits to his offensive capabilities, but he will be at least difficult to stop, I guess. That's kind of what we're working with, with Stretch Armstrong. Marcus,
2: what did you do? i chose gi joe real american hero the real american hero first things first that i didn't know when i picked this is that gi joe isn't a person like none of the things that you bought were gi joe like the gi joe guy i didn't know that either actually gi joe is more of a state of mind really (laughs) (laughs) well actually gi joe is like a term using the actual military um just describe a generic military personnel gi stands for like government issue or general issue, and Joe is just a a generic name, like, you know, like a John Doe. So, basically, G.I. Joe just has a bunch of army. Even, like, the very first product was, like, under the G.I. Joe name, had four people, like, one for the, it was, like, Action Man, Action action Air, It it was, like, it was, like, Military, Navy, Air Force, and... One more that I forget. I didn't write them down. But there's never, like, hey, this dude is, like, the one that's on the box. Like, even that, like, the dude on the box varies a lot. And so I was trying to watch, like, a bunch of commercials to see if, like, they kept reusing somebody. And not really. Although I do really love the gall of the G.I. Joe commercials to show, like, 17 different toys. And then just be like, yep, yeah, if you buy this, you get that one tiny helicopter and <laughs> no people with it. <laughs> The, the 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 cream of the crop being the GI Joe troop carrier holds twenty eight Joe figures each sold separately, <laughs> <laughs> so you can buy a big empty car with nobody that can fit twenty eight people that you don't
1: own. That's how they make their money. Toys are a big moneymaker.
2: Oh yeah, no, that, that that was the whole thing about this. Like you know, they knew it was going to be a like from day one they knew this was going to be big. I think they bought it from the original guy who who came up with the idea and this was back in the 70s or so the the idea was bought off the original guy who pitched it for 100 grand which is a lot for just like the day one pitch she should have stayed in for royalties but <laughs> shame on him so some i had to i had to pick something to use because otherwise it's hey you have a whole made-up military so what they did do is they did have a gi joe well actually they had multiple gi joe animated series but i picked the first one Title G.I. Joe, an American hero. OG G.I. Joe animated show. So the closest thing we have to the G.I. Joe man is Conrad S. Hauser, codename Duke. So he's the field commander and second command after Hawk, which already is starting to get a little gray about who the real G.I. Joe is, because Hawk in the Marvel comics is the original leader. And then like 20 chapters in or so, gets promoted to, like, a non-field command role, so, like, he doesn't go out in the field with the team very often, so, you know, Duke gets a lot more airtime, and in the show, he's, like, the day one, you know, leader with his bosses up ahead, so I'm taking Duke as, like, the main guy, and as far as who Duke is himself, he's just your very typical, like, quote-unquote, perfect military dude, you know, he's got all the special ops training, speaks languages, you know, is known for being really... He's just basically known for being competent and has no other personality traits. (laughs) He's he's a competent white military man with no defining attributes besides being good at military stuff. So basically after this is where I was trying to pick the, like, main squad of people out of the show. Um, But the problem is, is they're still trying to sell this whole line of toys. So even in the show, they have so many different characters. So... Basically, my whole research was trying to identify who the main characters in the series <laughs> <is> are. <laughs> so, I, I basically only took people who were somewhat relevant and had been like in multiple episodes. So, besides this list I'm going through here, there's like a good dozen plus other people in this one animated series that had a reboot, and then there was like a movie, and then a live-action movie, and then like four more off like shoot spin-off series. So, it's like crazy. So. Here we are. I'm going to go only by their code names. So, number one, Duke explained, just general military guy. Second guy, code name Flash. He's the tech guy. Again, no actual personality, like discernible personality traits, except he's like the nerdy science guy. He believes in science. Important thing about him is he has a laser gun, which, Ben, you, you mentioned you're not very good against warm.
1: <laughs> so, I, I, did, so I did not
2: mention because I didn't have, have great
0: data on it. There was also a video where someone had. Um one of the most powerful like commercial agents you can buy. And it did not do that much to GI or not GI Joe to, to Armstrong at first, but then it did eventually
2: melt a hole in his little chest.
0: Um, so you need to maintain so, your aim, maintain laser contact.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean the, the laser gun in the, in the, in the opening cut scene, just like melts through like a two inch metal plate. So ah, he is hosed <laughs> <laughs> other characters. And, and the, the, the amount of, information they give in the bios varies wildly and is of varying levels of detail slash realism slash like what they decided to include but we have codename gung-ho born in the bayou he earned a reputation as a knife fighter in new orleans so he's kind of your just badass like commando-y guy rock and roll who's a uh, a machine gunner Whose special ability seems to be that he used to be in a rock band, so the noise of machine guns don't bother him as much.
1: <laughs> That's a good ability.
2: You have Scarlet, who I love. The most accurate description of how this is like you know treated as a character in the show is, Scarlet is an extremely talented woman. <laughs> so basically, she's just she's a love interest for Duke, but she also has all the the special ops skills. Um, so she's also you know, super competent. She also uses a hand crossbow instead of a gun for reasons that aren't explained. Every once in a while she has a gun, but she generally uses this little, like, hand crossbow that makes her, I guess, cooler.
1: Oh, it's like Hawkeye in the MCU.
2: Yeah, basically. Probably the most unique one is uh, Snake Eyes, who is basically ninja plus soldier. He's like this stoic guy, all dressed in black, has like a ninja-esque, like a shredder-esque kind of mask that he wears. He disappeared for a while to do training in uh, in Japan under unknown circumstances. and has come back with all these ninja skills. So Snake Eyes is, the, is basically a ninja plus a soldier. Stalker, whose ability seems to be that he's a former gang leader, gang leader from Detroit. Um, and Zap is our demolitions expert. These are probably like the the relevant ones. Like you have a bunch of tough guys. You have a ninja soldier. You have the two main characters. One has a crossbow. One is just Duke. And then laser gun flash guy is pretty good. Some other people that I just wanted to throw on my list because they are showing up in multiple episodes, but they're kind of either, like, more support roles or, like, pilots and drivers, which are kind of less relevant to what we're doing, I think, here. Codename Airborne. He's a pilot. Surprise. And that's, he's, my, my favorite thing about him is that he really just plays a supporting role to the point where there was confusion because his toys came in, like, different colors because they just didn't pay enough attention so that people weren't sure if it was the same character or not so i think it came in three different colors and like one of them they decided was a different character that has the same code name and that's what they decided was how that worked codename breaker is their communication specialist who quote his habit of chewing bubble gum even in adverse situations is the ultimate expression of his self-confidence <laughs> clutch who's described as their chauvinistic driver Cover Girl, who is a former fashion model, who's now a mechanic because she's like, forget all this girly stuff. I'm going to just like fix engines. Doc, who is a pacifist medic, but they make sure you know he's not just any doctor. They they specifically mention that he went to Harvard and then did his residency at John Hopkins to give, you know, so you know he's legit. He's
1: the best of the best.
2: You got Wild Bill, who is just cowboy helicopter pilot is his entire character. You have Tripwire, who is an explosive, who's also another explosive expert whose character trait is that he's incredibly nervous and clumsy around everything that except explosions. And the way they establish how nervous and clumsy he is is he got kicked out of a monk monastery for breaking too many dishes.
1: <laughs> but around explosions, he's okay.
2: But around explosions, that's the one thing he's not nervous around. And then my favorite code name of them all <laughs> is um, Codename Snowjob, who <laughs> is an Olympic-level biathlon athlete and con man who has shifted to the military.
1: Okay.
2: <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, like, as far as this fight goes, I mean, basically, they, they operate in teams, like, usually, like, a good, like a half dozen of them or so. They use and have access to, um, you know, jets, planes, guns, like, commando-type tech. Like, you gotta get all the, the different play toys in there. So they, they are basically, like, special forces army. So it kind of... I think, sets a baseline for this fight of, hey, can you deal with, like, guns and grenades and stuff? Because I got lots of people with guns and grenades and and stuff. (laughs) Chris, who did you cover?
1: So I covered He-Man. And normally I'd probably veto you for using all those people. But I'm going to go ahead and say that He-Man is really overpowered. So I'm okay with you using all those people. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go over why he's overpowered and then we can kind of decide what we want to do with that. But so He-Man and he's made by Mattel. And in 1976, Mattel actually declined like the Star Wars toy line. They I think they had a request to make some and then they declined it. And that ended up being like a huge success. So they ended up they wanted to make their own toy line. And they came up with the Masters of the Universe toy line, which includes He-Man. And then that spawned, like, a whole bunch of shows and comics and video games and movies. I'm mainly going to cover the original cartoon that ran from 1983 to 1985. But He-Man himself, he's from Eternia, and he's half-Earthling, half-Eternian. His alter ego is Prince Adam, which is basically just him with his (laughs) shirt on. (laughs) I guess he was Prince Adam before he turned into He-Man and then a sorceress granted him mag- the magical powers of Grayskull which transformed him into He-Man and he's labeled the most powerful man in the universe. So his strength and power is derived from the magic that the sorceress gave him and his main villain is Skeletor.
2: Yeah-ha! Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so his main weapon he he wields the Power Sword and he that's how he He uses it to transform from Prince Adam into He-Man. He says, by the power of Grayskull, I have the power. And then like lightning strikes it and he transforms into a shirtless man. The sword itself is said to be indestructible. And it can deflect magical and technological rays. And then it can shoot its own energy rays as well. And it can absorb energy. And then he's been known to like, I guess he can somehow throw it in a boomerang sort of thing. So it comes back to him. I think there's like a, I don't know how often he does that. I think it might've been a one-off thing. Not sure.
2: It's very cartoony to throw literally
1: anything in a spiral and it just boomerangs. Yep. <laughs> and then he is shirtless, but he does have a cordite battle harness. which is like strapped across his chest. And that's apparently it makes him a little bit stronger on top of his already super strength. And then he has a companion, an animal companion. It's a half-tiger, half-dragon named Cringer Miles. And that's like the non-superpowered version. But then when he turns into He-Man, Cringer Miles turns into Battle Cat, which is like this cool armored half-tiger, half-dragon. And he he basically rides it as a mount. Now, He-Man, his main thing is that he's super strong. So just a few things to demonstrate his strength. He once lifted... Castle Grayskull, like the entirety of Castle Grayskull, and then threw it into the sky. There's a portal in the sky, and he threw it into the portal. And he, like, grappled onto the castle while it was going through the portal to get through the portal as well.
2: You know, Toucan Sam, way back when, did a lot of that kind of thing. And you, never, you didn't accept that he had super strength.
1: This is <laughs> very contextually, like, part of the story. I know, I know.
2: I couldn't resist. The the oldest beef from our very first fight episode has to come back every time. Yeah,
1: it's it's going to stick around. There's another episode where he's fighting Merman, which is like another villain that works under Skeletor. It's like this weird fish dude. But Merman was causing the tides to rise, which was flooding a fort that they were in. Um, I guess there was like a leak in a fort. So he defeats Merman, but the tides are still rising. So he's like, oh, that's bad. And he's like... But the moon controls the tide, so he takes a spaceship, flies it to outer space, stands on the outside of the spaceship, and pushes the moon out of orbit. <laughs> 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 why, did he just, why did he just pick up the fort and move it like he did with the castle? I don't know. <laughs> and that lowers the tide, he goes back down to Earth, seals the leak, flies back up to outer space, and pushes the moon back into orbit. <laughs> He's like, I think while he's doing that, he says, like, always put things back where you found them. Something like that. (laughs) So, yeah, he did that. He moved the moon twice. And then he's also fought Superman multiple times. (laughs) So there is a crossover in between DC and Masters of the Universe in 1982, where Superman was transported into Eternia through a portal and Skeletor took control of Superman And made him fight he-man and in this fight superman does actually win the fight but he does like they go at it and they like trade blows for a while before he defeats him and then in 2013 skeletor actually comes to the dc universe and takes control of the entire justice league and in that fight he-man ends up fighting superman one-on-one and they trade blows again. Superman actually shoots la- his laser vision directly into He-Man's eyes, and He-Man is <laughs> fine. <laughs>
2: That's why you don't make
1: eye contact. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, he can if he can withstand Superman's laser vision, I feel like he'll be able to withstand a laser gun. And he actually does beat Superman in that fight without the use of kryptonite. He ends up stabbing him in the chest and kills him. It is later revealed that it's not the real Superman it's a magical clone of Superman so I don't know exactly how their strength levels compare but I still think it's relatively close to like Superman strength now he's also shown shattering photanium, which they say is the strongest metal in the universe it's a fictional metal but it's the strongest metal he's been seen to use his his strength to squeeze two ends of a broken chain back together to weld them together (laughs) so he can do that (laughs) And just part of his personality. So he's largely non-violent in general. He uses combat as a last resort. He is like really good at it, but he, he tends to try to avoid it. He prefers to outsmart his villains. And in the original show, there are actually broadcast standards that prohibited them from showing him using his sword as a weapon. So he never actually used it as a weapon in the original show. They also weren't allowed to show him punching or kicking anyone. So the way he tended to defeat his enemies is he would just pick them up and throw them. (laughs) And then they were defeated. So that's mainly what he did in the later iterations of the show or like the reboots and stuff. He is shown to be more aggressive in the fights and he like uses his sword and stuff. In the gritty
0: HBO reboot, (laughs) He-Man goes on a rampage. Yeah, in in Zack Snyder's (laughs) He-Man.
1: Right, the dark gritty version. And then some. he has a lot of miscellaneous powers, too, in addition to the strength. I'll just list a few of them. So he is super fast. So he he can run in a circle fast enough to create a vacuum, which apparently Stretch Armstrong can survive. Stretch Armstrong is fine in vacuum. (laughs) He can spin fast enough to create his own tornado, and he uses that sometimes to fly short distances. He's also able to spin in it like if there's a tornado that already exists he's able to quote-unquote unwind it by spinning in the opposite direction <laughs>
2: <laughs> that tracks yeah that's science right there
1: yeah he can rub his hands together fast enough to turn sand in the glass he has super breath which he can use to blow his enemies away he can swim super fast and he's dug to the center of the planet with just a broken stalactite as his tool he did like this weird spinny move and he just like dug down. Now all this is when he's in his he-man form. And as far as I can tell, there's no time limit to his he-man form, but from what I can see, he might revert back to Prince Adam if he takes too much damage or if he uses too much raw force is what they say. There's no like metric for that, but it happens a few times in the show. I think more, it happens more often in the newer shows than in the old show. We can, decide how that works though but he is more vulnerable in his prince adam form so if you're going to beat him that's probably when you want to do it i like you're already giving us tips like okay here's, guys, here's, here's what you got to do yeah <laughs> um i mean so that's he-man in a nutshell he is very strong
2: okay so i'm trying to think so yeah so so if he can, if he's resisting superman's laser vision and stuff like that the
1: question is how do we
2: damage he Man?
1: Well, do we want to set the scene first before we get into it? Oh, details? yeah, let's
2: set the scene first. And also, kind of just a quick summary of how we... So, the way we do these fight episodes is we will we'll lay out the scene. We tend to do our fights in Central Park in New York has become our battleground. It seems to have the right mix of just being a place for people to beat the junk out of each other and have, you have some access to things, you know, fighters might need. Like, there's some water, there's some buildings, there's some people, there's a couple animals around, and, you know, but generally it's kind of just flat and grassy. So, we'll be fighting in Central Park... And we're going to be doing it a little different this time. So what we'll do, what we've been doing in the past is we'll sign a win rate percentage and we kind of just leave it at that. Like, hey, most of the time, He-Man's going to win if these things happen. Otherwise, these things will happen and, uh, you know, the G.I. Joes will have a chance or, you know, in this rear case, Stretch Armstrong will win. So what we're going to do this time is we're going to still set up those percentages, but then we are going to put those into a randomizer and actually spin it and have... A clear-cut winner who actually wins the fight.
1: Using those percentages that we came up with.
2: Yes. So it's basically the same thing we are doing before, but with drama.
1: So now <laughs> now if there's someone that only has 10%, they can still win.
2: Yeah, they can still win the whole fight, which is going to be great. Well, 10% is a little generous for Stretch Armstrong.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> All right, let, let, let's start there. I, I don't like to write someone off before we even get to talk about them a little bit. But let's see... Let's discuss what Stretch's role in this is.
1: So, you can you think of any other offensive move other than slingshotting things? I guess you could like strangle people.
0: I mean, anyone can strangle people if you try hard enough. Like, <laughs> technically, yeah, but you yes. can strangle people
1: from a long, from a far distance.
0: I, I think if you're going to go down that route, it would be more like getting the arm around someone's neck and then like wrapping it around and then yanking on it, right? Like that's kind of how you do it. Yeah that's possible so the other thing he can do is he has shown the ability to like redirect things back at people right say that like a cannon is firing at him he can sort of like grab the cannonball and like whip it back around so it flings back towards the person i don't know if that
2: would come up necessarily but <laughs> well I, I guess i guess also will say this. stretch definitely can defeat individual members of gi joe like you know if he's bulletproof to a bunch of calibers of bullets yes yeah that is and, helpful um he's gonna be stronger in a, in a one-on-one fight like definitely like per person like you know if you're fighting somebody and they are immune to all types of bludgeoning and most kinds of penetrations and bullets and all those things and you know you know if you have even our our cool knife fighter from new orleans gung-ho you know one-on-one against stretch armstrong mm-hmm. is going to be probably advantage stretch
1: so so are there any are there any other weapons that you have marcus besides the laser gun that uh stretch armstrong can't withstand
2: does anyone have like a flamethrower yeah there's a flamethrower guy somewhere there's like explosives snake eyes has a sword because he's a ninja plus a soldier they have i mean vehicles they have tanks and jets and things which I thought was going to be my thing. Like, oh, are we going to include these? But maybe we're getting close to including those. Because yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like I'm dancing around a little bit, but we're, we're very quickly approaching. Can He-Man defeat the U.S. Army? <laughs> right. Here's a, here's a couple questions. Can you, do you think G.I. Joes are
1: allowed to commit war crimes? Um, are they technically part of the U.S. military or are they sort of their own? Like, I mean, G.I. stands for government issued, right?
2: Yeah, they're, they're, they are, they are part of the, um, part of the army. I'm not sure if they, uh, let me see. I think they're literally just American army. Okay. I mean, they're all the branches of the American army, but. I did not I didn't know
0: if the idea was that. Cause like, like when, whatever canonical version we're using, if they were literally part of the army or if they were like a bunch of military specialists who frequently worked with, you know, like the U S military, but weren't necessarily kind of their own thing.
2: Oh my god, I'm sorry, I was just trying to see, I was trying. I was check the Wikipedia page to see if, if, if it clarified exactly if they were part of the real life army. And just stumbled upon, there was a mini-series that they did, and during that, it, it, debu- it debuted former WWF and then current AWA professional wrestler, Sergeant Slaughter, as a member of G.I. Joe, played by himself. That's, that's great. <laughs> so, so, so Sergeant Slaughter was like, I want to be on this show, I'll play myself, hook me up, <laughs> put me in, put me in there Coach. My thought is, my thought is, um, chemical weapons.
1: (laughs) Against He-Man or?
2: Against He-Man. I mean, fine, against, against Stretch Armstrong. I'm sure you can make something that is not conducive to (laughs) corn syrup, but (laughs) against He-Man, if there is a way that, is he like poison immune? Is he like that kind
1: of superhero or is he just like? I mean, I don't know if they've ever shown him against chemical warfare. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or so, for some like, like, reason
2: it hasn't come up, guys. I don't know. Has Skeletor ever like, you know, poisoned the water hole and, and, and he meant so sick-
1: Skeletor Skeletor's main thing is magic. So he is very powerful magic. I don't know exactly how that how we can relate that. I do like that one of the weaknesses
0: listed here on this wiki page is just limited experience with violence.
1: Yeah. I saw that a bunch. I think it's mainly because he doesn't choose to fight. Right, yeah. So he does have one villain that I just found called Stinkor, who uses toxic odor <laughs> to uh, render his foes immobile. I don't know exactly how he fares against He-Man. Yeah, that's the problem. It's like, yeah, he doesn't
2: do that, but then does it work? He probably He-Man. ends up
1: losing against He-Man, I assume.
2: Well, I mean, at the end of the episode, yeah. Yeah. He's still, he's half human, half Eternian. Is, is, so he's, half, he's, a, he's a demi-being.
1: Yeah. But I mean that's not why he's super strong. The reason he's strong is because of the magic. So he was just like a normal dude before the sorceress gave him magic.
2: Right. So so I'll say that the Joe has a shot because the thing is they can be crafty. I think I think my favorite is that, like I said, I watched one episode of the 1.5 episodes, give myself some credit. 1.5 episodes of the G.I. Joe animated series. And in the first episode, they literally did the reveal where, like, someone rips off a fake face to show that there's somebody else four times for four <laughs> separate occasions. <laughs> they, they literally had... The, the plot of it was, hey, they had this this mass device, they called it. it, it was an acronym for something, that would, like, shoot this blue aura energy at something and it would teleport it. So the plot of the episode was that they were testing their new base out like it's defenses so they had the gi joes infiltrate their own base base to test the security which of course failed against the gi joe team hilariously they also caused a lot of fucking damage when they did it <laughs> like they're like oh yeah you want us to test it out and like first off the they had like the the female lead um scarlet like sneak in do her thing and she just like was on the rooftop sheen to be on ready right to drop in and then like then They had, like, um, Duke did a kind of similar, like, you know, low-impact methods of sneaking in. And then they had the third guy, who I think was Stalker, just, like, blows, literally blows through the front gate on a motorcycle with guns on the front, like, while they're shooting at him. And, like, they, like, sync it up so that, like, he ramps off of something and the motorcycle, like, lands into a weapons depot and, like, explodes a whole building and then, like, he just, like, strolls in. And I'm like, you just did a lot of damage to your own base for this test. (laughs) But anyway, the point is.
1: So, yeah, if you have like a bunch of people with explosions and stuff, I think eventually all those explosions will cause He Man to revert back to Prince Adam.
2: Yeah, but to get to my point of of, of all these face reveals, they they did all this and then, like, you know, they make it into the, the secure command center. And, uh, like, the, the subplot in this episode is that there's this woman there who's, like, from, like, budgeting, who's, like, you know, the, the uptight rules lawyer who's, like, making sure everything's doing this and being a pain in everyone's butt. And then the evil guys use the teleportation dice for the first time, and they dump literally, like, 30 people in the control room. At which point, the budget person has done literally nothing reveals themselves to be <laughs> a bad guy, and they just walk to the other side of the room. And I'm like, that was so unnecessary. <laughs> you could have just teleported in with everybody else, and it would have been the same. But they could probably use this. I mean, you could get my joke character Snow Job as a con man. Snow Job befriends he and leads him into a carefully prepared trap, I guess?
1: Yeah, you could. I mean, I think he meant is pretty smart but he is also very friendly so he could befriend people also i just found out that stink the toy stink actually was scented with a semi-foul scent why oh my god that's
2: amazing
1: <laughs> and that was considered its action feature
2: <laughs> action feature smells like junk <laughs> hey kids buy kids buy those um stink bombs so it's it's there's a market for it
1: so yeah, I guess you could tr- potentially trick He Man into a trap. What would your trap be?
2: I mean, it might be, it might be a vacuum chamber. But like, I'm thinking like you, you lock him in something and then either fill it with poison gas if that works. We can we can fill it with stinker gas first to see if that works. <laughs> <And then>
1: otherwise, <laughs> like just like. So I think he's fine in a vacuum because he flew out into outer space and he was like actually outside of the spaceship. But the po- he might poison might work.
2: Yeah, poison or, you know, something. Once you have him in a box, like, you can do a lot to a box with military tech.
1: He can also break out of the box pretty easily.
2: Yeah, it is the biggest materials, huh?
1: Yeah, he broke out of Photanium, which is the strongest metal in the world, or in the universe.
2: <laughs>
1: so, like, you can trap him and he'll probably be confused for, like, maybe a little bit and that's when you can attack. But then once he knows what's going on... I think you have to act really fast.
0: I I think the trash should be explosives. And your attempt is to try to get him to change back into Prince Adam.
1: Yeah, that's probably your best shot.
0: Because that'll be faster, right?
2: (laughs) The way to win is to pretend to lose the main fight at Central Park. (laughs) Then have our good biathlon athlete Snowdrop befriend He-Man after, you know, be like (laughs) congratulate him on his victory. Not indicating he's a participant to the fight. And then once... You know, kinda of hang out with He-Man until his defenses are down and then take out um I, I forget his uh his plainclothes name. Uh Prince Adam. Prince Adam. Prince Adam.
1: I do
0: think, by the way, that the only chance that uh Stretcher Armstrong would have is from all of the various terrible things done to him, he frequently is still pretty intact while looking very, very messed up. I think he kind of has to play dead, and then once one of the others is still alive, while they're giving like since they're both from Saturday morning cartoons. Well, they're even a PSA about like teeth brushing, then he strikes. That's pretty much
1: his <laughs> only chance. So both of your plans involve faking your loss.
2: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Which kind of comes down to technicalities at that point of when does the fight over? <laughs> <laughs> but funny you mentioned how like the how He-Man is not familiar with violence. Funnily, like, G.I. Joes aren't really either because they ha- they're they under a similar constraint where um, in order to be, have you know, be the proper TV rating, they can't show any, you know, death or even serious injuries. So, like, every time they blow up a helicopter, like, you know, the pilot jettisons, you know, nobody ever gets, like, actually shot. Which, it's funny you don't notice this more as a kid that, like, everyone with a sword and guns and all these, like, super deadly weapons that have no other way to, like, hit people, like... The action scenes are just, like, slapstick to make it so that the sword isn't actually what stabs somebody.
0: Does this mean that uh, Stretch Armstrong actually hasn't even better chance than I thought? Because he's the only one not constrained by a Saturday morning cartoon <laughs> he's allowed like, to violence attack. requirements.
2: He's very familiar with getting violence put upon him. Right.
1: He's the most experienced.
0: He actually is. That's very funny.
2: <laughs> he's the most experienced fighter, but it's not going to help him, I don't <laughs> yeah, think. Yeah, probably not. Realistically. But... All right, let's, um, this actually is going to be, do we, do we have anything else to to include? Because I feel like we're, the conversation's wrapping up here.
1: Yeah, we mainly focused on G.I. G.I.G.O. versus He-Man, understandably. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do we want to so, match anyone up with Stretch Armstrong?
0: I, I think it really is just that during the PSA, that's kind of it. If, if someone actually attempts to kill Stretch Armstrong, they eventually will. It might take them a while, but they'll be able to pull it off.
1: <laughs> okay. Um, so usually we do, like, these two people are fighting, or, like, the percentage of these two people fighting, and then the third person's left over. Or, like, we swap people out.
2: Okay, so actually, the narrow for Ben to win is kind of... is actually kind of narrow, because Stretch would have to follow around Snowjob to be there kind of when the con ends. <laughs> because if He-Man is the last man standing, I I guess, could Stretch choke out a non... Power, prince adam could 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 stretch armstrong like choke out prince adam
1: i don't know <laughs> maybe can stretch armstrong kill a normal person <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes yes yeah, i would say that. yes yeah
1: yeah um i didn't really look into like how much mo- like what prince adam is like normally i think he's supposed to be pretty clumsy
2: oh d- does he man have to say the words to do his thing or does he just hold up the sword
1: um i think he has to say the words i'm not sure though Ooh, okay. But I mean, once he's He-Man, he's, it's not like he has to change back at any point unless he gets hit a lot. Right,
2: right, right. So, so I, what, I, what I'm saying is like either G.I. Joe is defeated and Start Stretch Armstrong is feigning defeat, right?
0: Mm-hmm. He's, like, slightly scorched and, like, has some slashes on him, and he looks pretty messed up, but he's actually still...
2: Yeah, he's, he's, he's like, uh, the, the upper torso, and, like, the legs are empty, and yeah, he's yeah. got, like, nothing left. And the fight's over, and He-Man is walking away victoriously. He's like, okay, cool, I won, and turns off He-Man for a hot second. And Stretch Armstrong happens to be there, and boom, latches on.
1: Yeah, that's probably how you win, Ben. Mm-hmm.
2: Similarly, the other option would be if... My, the long con for gi joe's goes well because mine is going to be like days later like <laughs> i'm not sure if he would immediately untransform like until you know snow job got set up with something because snow- it's gonna be harder for snow job just choke out prince adam i think so he's gonna require some more setup so if the gi joe long con works then stretch would have to kind of tail the military unit for like a few days which probably isn't really in stretch armstrong's like super wheelhouse to track military personnel doesn't seem great right for him special ops so again the the most like like the the most likely thing is that he man just wins <laughs> by <laughs> defeating us with his massive powers but how likely is it that he man will pick up that like one extra gi joe character is like a con because it actually seems pretty likely to me. Yeah, that the con could works happen.
1: Out. I think it. Yeah, it's not impossible.
2: Because I wrote down. I wrote down. I, I started by writing down seventy-five percent. He man just wins, but I actually think I'm starting to think it might be more likely that he just accepts his his fake victory. I think seventy-five percent. He man probably
0: feels pretty accurate. Honestly, <laughs> that seems pretty generous. If anything, to to the rest of us.
1: Yeah, He Man is pretty strong and powerful. I mean like is your only path to victory is doing that fake lose thing
2: but i am trained special ops so it's not like i'm just like faking it like a a, you know a a sitcom dingus these people are trained for it and we have fake masks if we need to we have face masks fake face masks as many as we need you don't have to say a sitcom dingus you can just say stretch armstrong it's okay i understand (laughs) (laughs) i'm not some idiot stretch armstrong trying to track somebody
1: yeah, so I do think you have a better chance of winning after the after you fake losing than Stretch Armstrong. I
0: I think if I if I were going to to split it up, I would probably say like if we're gonna go with seventy five percent He Man, which I think that's reasonable, it would be like 18, 17 or eighteen percent GI Joe, and then like seven or eight percent Stretch Armstrong.
2: I put twenty two and three just because because you have to be lucky about where you <laughs> where you end up in your defeated form that's that's, <laughs> that's fair actually I, you know what that's you have to fair. you have to be fighting where the the fight ends if you're just like a hundred feet in the middle of a field it's gonna be tough to sneak up yeah that's fair okay you
1: want to make it five because the website that i'm using for the spinner the minimum is five then, for one then
0: 75 20 and five it is
2: all right five all right five is a lot but hey the wheel never lies because well it hasn't told the truth yet either the wheel so far is undefeated one wheel only tells the
0: <laughs> truth and one wheel only lies you must figure out which question to ask you to decide who
1: wins this fight <laughs> so those are percentages we're going with
0: uh yeah 75 20 and five okay i'm sad that we can't see this wheel
1: do we have anything else to talk about? Or should I just spin it? Spin it. Okay. Spin it. I need
2: it because, yeah, spin it up.
1: Here we go. There's no like sound effect. Oh my god. G.I. Joe won. <laughs>
2: yes! <Wow>. Yes!
1: <laughs> this the new format
0: paying off immediately.
2: GI <laughs> Joe beat He-Man. He- so this is how this is this is how this goes. This, this fight starts off, you got the Central Park, you know, the sun's coming up over the horizon, the sun is rising, glistening off our fighters, you see He-Man and Stretch Armstrong standing there, and you just hear a rumble as many tanks and jet fighters overhead um, descend onto Central Park, and then chaos reigns, and there's lots of fire and explosions and laser guns, and... Stretch Armstrong is now a puddle <laughs> absolutely destroyed and he man is absolutely one hundred percent fine um and then proceeds to casually walk around just punching tanks <laughs> but in 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 the chaos are uh, a man a man doffs off his skis and gun <laughs> and uh you know puts on his um he man fan club t shirt and uh after the the, uh, the G.I. Joe army retreats, goes over, congratulates He Man, and they go out and they go get a coffee, and <laughs> things are pretty chill. The, the shirt, by the way,
0: just says He Man is the man. And that's the, that's the shirt.
2: Yeah, He Man is the man. <laughs> <laughs> he Man, more like the man. Yeah, and then you're, you're just, you know they set, they're doing that, and while they're at that coffee shop, the rest of the the G.I. Joe engineering team with all their silly names, you have uh, you know tripwire and clutch and breaker and stalker and rock and roll are down busy in the new york sewers pouring hyper-reinforced concrete and steel around a tube and putting one little vent in there and so then as they're walking down the street and it is now back to prince adam of course after a coffee and a nice lunch you gotta relax snow job brings him by the sewer grate the sewer manhole cap is left open pushes he-man in he falls in the lid closes The chamber is full of stinky gas that interferes with vocal cords and Prince Adam suffocates in the the sewers and is rendered defeated. Perfect. And with that and my sweet, sweet victory, we move on to our would you rather question. (laughs) All right, Chris, I'm going to start this one off with you because you just did all this Masters of the Universe crazy nonsense. Okay. Would you rather travel through time or space, obviously we do both naturally, <laughs> but at the regular speed eh. <laughs> so let, interpret it to would you rather be able to like inherently manipulate time or manipulate space?
1: so like go anywhere I want at any time or could any time period at any time I want,
2: yeah, like your powers are time trap, your powers are time travel and like space bending you know like wormhole generation and to to head
0: off the the smart asses in the comments. We're going to say that both are, um, or I guess the time travel one is fixed to the location relative to the earth. So you don't like time travel and wind up in outer space because the earth is no longer in the same
2: position. Right. Also to, to, to fend off (laughs) even more other nerds and things, we're going to say they're absolutely independent and that in no matter of physics does bending time allow you to bend space or vice versa. Correct.
1: Okay. Do you basically do should teleport or time travel,
2: teleport time travel is kind of the question. Although remember that when you time travel, you can't
0: like time travel to ancient Rome. You can time travel to the same time as ancient Rome, but still wherever you currently are.
1: Right, (laughs) which is relevant. So if I go really far back in time in Boston, and nobody's gone like come to Boston yet. (laughs) Yep, (laughs) pretty much. There's not going to be anything here. There is not. So time travel is dangerous, probably, and because of that thing where like I can't if i'm in boston there's nothing in boston i'm limited to where i can or when i can go to where it will be interesting
0: i mean you can always like like get on a plane and fly to rome and then if i go in the past (laughs) oh no no but like like do it in the present and then and then time travel and then you can just come back to catch a return flight like that's true You could do that
2: yeah and plus like and plus it's not a time machine so you don't have to worry about just getting like bullshitted by by like oh and the, something went wrong during the time travel and your machine is broken you have to go fix it with dinosaur parts
1: <laughs> yeah it's just i have the ability and i can also go to the future which would be pretty cool it would be i mean i feel like being able to to teleport is more useful in like day-to-day life just on like with practical stuff time travel is just more of a cool side thing to do i guess unless you're like If you're doing something and you mess up in your job or something like that, and then you can travel back and do it again, that could be useful.
0: So question for you guys, if you could teleport like this and you were just, you know, going to work, how would you do it? What do you mean? Like, I don't know about you guys, but I don't have, you know, my own office or something. I work in a cube in a line of cubes. So I can't just teleport right into my cube, assuming I don't people... I mean, I guess if you don't care, people know you can do it. It doesn't matter. But That's what I was going to say. I'm like, I'm I'm telling everybody. (laughs) If you'd like to keep it secret, how would you do it? I mean,
1: I feel like you could find a place close to your office that's secluded. I can't imagine I'd be working at an office
2: if I had this power. That's a really good point. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I can't imagine I haven't converted this into money.
0: If nothing else, you're like literally the greatest courier ever.
2: Yeah, like... What I would do, what I immediately what I thought of, because it kind of, like, time and space made me think about, like, big space, you could do, like, space exploration with your time-moving powers. Like, you could explore different times, or you could explore, like, different planets.
1: I mean, you could work for NASA. Could
2: work for NASA. Or just explore planets, because it's fucking awesome.
0: Or that. <laughs> well, you'd probably want to get in touch with NASA so you don't die when you get there, but...
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Hey, NASA, can I have a spacesuit. I'm gonna go to Mars tomorrow.
1: <laughs> right. So you're you're bending... You're not teleporting yourself. You're bending space so that there's like a portal that you go through. So if you go to space, are you destroying everything around you? (laughs) No, No. No.
2: It's specifically travel through space. So you like slither through.
1: Okay.
0: I actually feel like the time travel is more dangerous because you're going to get messed up by some weird past diseases and shit.
1: Yeah. And you could mess things up.
0: And you could mess things up. Definitely. I guess part of it with the, the plant exploration, like, yes, obviously, I would love to go to the moon. That would be cool. Or Mars. There's whatever. nothing there, though. But there's kind of right. It's kind of like you go there and you're like, well, that was cool. And then you come back and like, it's really cool. Don't get me wrong.
1: But it'd be cool. Like the first couple of times you do it and then you get bored of it.
0: Right. And then you kind of just use it to like skip your commute and like stay on plane tickets.
1: <laughs> but that's also pretty useful. I mean, it would be cool to travel. Like you could take a day trip to Australia.
2: Yeah. I mean, time travel, you can go forward like 20 years and get a sports almanac and uh, come back and whew, those bettings, those bets. I actually think that you could make a
0: lot of money if you just basically told companies, hey, I can get documents in the physical world from one place to another immediately, because that seems useful for a lot of
2: like sensitive things. Data transfer. Yeah. That's actually one of my favorite facts about like big data transfer for, Like, like for like huge servers like, you know, like when companies like Google's and stuff are transferring databases. You, They can do it over the internet, like, securely, but it's actually faster to transfer data to a new location by downloading it onto hard drives and then just mailing those. Right, yeah. <laughs> so even though you can instantaneously send it over the internet, it's faster to just carry it, Yeah. <laughs> which is, like, awesome. Okay,
0: I feel like we've kind of gone over the pros and cons, right? How are people feeling?
1: I feel like, or do we want to vote, or...? Are we still talking? Yeah, let's vote. Let's,
0: let's vote. Okay. Yeah.
1: So I'm going to go with traveling through space. I feel like it's more practical in terms of like getting a job and like getting money from it. I mean, I guess with the with the time travel thing, you could do the sports almanac that thing. And, but I mean, I would feel guilty doing that because you're kind of cheating the system. You're not really contributing to society. Whereas if you're using your teleporting thing to help people, then you're building a career and you're making the, the world a better place.
2: Marcus, what are you gonna do? I'm gonna pick space, um, so I can go to check out cool new planets. I don't think that would get old, and it would be a fun way to, to go about things. Also, like the the day to day, like benefits of time travel. The way I always interpret it, it's kind of like, hey, if you are the thing I would probably end up fixing most is stupid things I say in conversations and going <laughs> back in five minute increments to undo mistakes. And I'll just at that rate, I'll just age twice as fast as everybody else, and then I'll be like, mm, yeah, I'm just. Not as cool and suave as I seem. <laughs> um,
0: I am also going space, even though I don't. I'm not as into the space exploration thing as you, because I do think it might get, maybe not get old, but just I don't think there's going to be all that many interesting planets to get. Like once you've seen one dusty rock, you see on kind of all of them. Unless there is a planet with aliens on it,
1: well, yeah. which there is a chance.
0: But it will take a very long time to find that. And also, with regards to like the sports almanac thing on time travel. Uh, I personally really like watching sports. And yes, it would make me a lot of money, but I would hate to spoil myself for all of the sports for the next 20 years.
1: Well, I mean, it doesn't have to be sports. It could be anything well, that yeah, makes money. All
0: right. You can just find the next Google or whatever. So
2: I guess I could do that. You just bet a sport you don't care about watching. But I watch all the sports. I guess I could bet on baseball. <laughs> all right. Anyway. Also, this episode has been a long one, but I do want to pose this um, because I just thought, I was, I was thinking about it halfway through this. If we rephrase this, would you rather to... Would you rather travel through time or space? And you have to pick whether you are stuck in time and can move in space or can move through time but stuck in space. Oh, both oh. of those suck.
1: <laughs> both of those are so bad. <laughs> I would be I would be able to travel through space and be stuck in time.
0: I think I'd be stuck in space and travel through time. They're both awful.
2: Yeah, it gets tricky. It, uh, we, won't, we won't go into it. It, it gets tricky with... If you, can you manipulate things if you're stuck in time? I don't like, think so. Move? In which case you can go and see everything as it is right now or yeah you just are stuck as a a vegetable but you do go through time and i guess it does have an end at that point right that's the thing <laughs> that one ends eventually all right but you know what doesn't end guys what doesn't end at all
1: um i don't know where you're going with this this podcast apparently
2: yeah our our podcast well our podcast does end but what doesn't end is the unerring support of all our listeners, and if you want to be part of that awesome feel-good movement that makes me, Ben, and Chris feel great about ourselves, but also helps us um, stay on making the show and all those things um, and keep coming back to you week after week, help us out. Leave us a review. That's a super helpful way to get this podcast up in the search thing so more people can find it. Send us some questions. You can um, email us questions, and we are more than happy to answer listener questions, and we are very slowly running out of new ideas, so... You could be literally saving the show by sending in questions. And then, also, direct support through our Patreon, www.patreon.com slash hypotheticals One dollar a month gets you access to all our bonus content. And, um, yeah, that's that spiel. You can join us next week, where we answer the following question. What if movies were real?